clarity, connection, authenticity. I'm Alexa Ray, former mental health clinician turned life coach. I quit my full-time career because I was sick of working in a healthcare system where people were not getting the help they needed to actually shift and there were so many gaps present. I am shaking up the mental health game to help women reconnect to their authentic selves and rewrite their story from who they think they should be to who they want to be. In Authentically You, we'll be talking about all things that limit us from connecting to our authentic self. Trauma, self-worth, self-esteem, relationships, communication, addiction, self-compassion, body image, disordered eating, anxiety, challenging beliefs, all of these things. Bottom line is, I want this to help you feel seen, to help you feel safe, heard, and validated. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Authentically You. I have a stunning guest with me today, and her name is Alice, and I'm going to let her introduce herself because she is so much more than I can sort of express about her, and then we can sort of chat about our connection, which is so funny that I think it's funny that we're here today, years and years and years and years later after meeting each other. Um, so just give us a bit, uh, you know, I like to just give people the opportunity to explain who they are as an individual without me sort of labeling you as something. Cool. All right. Thank you, Alexa. I'm so happy to be here. Such a treat to chat with you. Um, I guess I would say I am first and foremost a woman. Mm. Um, secondly, I am a mother to an amazing 20-year-old star child. She is absolutely, she's the center of my universe. Yeah, she is absolutely incredible she's here visiting right now for thanksgiving weekend oh nice um she, she just she i just, just heard her did you hear that she's like thank you i love you she is truly my greatest blessing my greatest teacher and becoming like a best friend which is so you don't expect to give birth to your best friend like just the way we vibe on our philosophy of life and our lens through which we see the world so mm -hmm. deeply blessed by that um, thirdly, I am a wife, a mm. very devoted wife um, to my incredible husband of 12 years. Wow. And um, that is a whole other story. And I'd say fourth, I am an entrepreneur. And mm. so in that order, uh, my life is incredibly rich and I have many many fingers in many different pots and many, many projects on the go all the time. But my priority is always my own health and wellness and then my daughters and my families and my businesses. So yeah, that's- I love fun. that. I have never had someone introduce me like, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a wife and an entrepreneur. I love that messaging. I love that you have prioritized where your vibes should be spread out in your life in the order of that. So that's really amazing. Um, and so I guess let's, I mean, okay. We met essentially, um, through belly fit. And so this is one of Alice's babies. I'm sure you would su suggest that as that way. Um, and I'll let you explain that more, but essentially I used to teach belly fit as an instructor for Alice years and years ago. And I just can't even, even that I have not been teaching for years, it doesn't matter. It's still like it sticks with you. You know, that's how powerful it is and how um, impactful it is on your life. And so, I mean, 
we were just talking about before we popped on here. It's like been over a decade where we've actually since seen each other, but I've always thought about you and I've always been following you and then, and just inspired by you really along the way. Um, and so I guess my first question to you is, you know, how did, how did you get to where you are today in life? If you were to think of just a couple sentences, what got you to this point? Mm. I had a blessed childhood, so no trauma, incredible parents that moved me to the country when I was very young. So nature has always been my teacher. Mm. Then in my 20s, um, after I gave birth, I was in an abusive relationship with her father. And that became my greatest teaching that has led me to this point, essentially realizing that if the woman of the family and by extension, the tribe, the community, the world, if women are not healthy, confident, strong, um, everything else in humanity will suffer. And that was when BellyFit was birthed. I realized that in order to be in my power, I needed to move my body, but not just in a way that was for fitness, to lose weight, to you know, look better in the mirror. Although sometimes those things are important. I realized that, that I needed a movement that was spiritual. I needed a, a form of movement that connected me to my deepest source of power within myself, within my feminine female body. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, through that realization, belly fit was born. Wow. So you basically used I mean, it sounds like you recognize privilege, which is great, but again, you had this, this experience of trauma that led you to where you are today based on really, it sounds like you wanted to return home to your body to connect and to feel like it's a healing place and a safe place. Is that true? Yeah, I would definitely say that. And it, it really was all about the body. Like you say, like to me, I, I had been in my body for my, I had, there was no trauma that took me out of my body until that trauma hit me, literally hit me. Mm-hmm. And so that was, it was a beautiful wake up call and side note, um, just for anyone that is interested, that relationship with her father is actually 100% healed now on all levels. So that's been a really, really beautiful blessing as well. Um, and through that realization of my own needing to come back to my feminine beingness, my, my feminine essence, and, and through that, my power, um, it was very clear to me that there were many, many other women that were also disconnected from this source of power within themselves. And that this movement that I, I, I use the word very, very intentionally. I don't use it lightly. I, I would say that I channeled this movement in, and I know some people that would sound really woo woo and (laughs) whatever, wacky, whatever, but, uh, it's, I do really believe that. I feel like I was gifted with this movement through my own experience with fitness. So I did all the fitness certifications, the group fitness, the yoga training, the, um, just so many different fitness trainings, right. so many different organizations um, in the early days. And then also being raised by two very deeply spiritual people that were both yoga practitioners. So oh, I I had, that. yeah, so I had the fitness aspect. Then I had my parents that introduced me to the yoga thing right from my father's been a yogi since I was since way, long before I was born. <laughs> 
um, and a true yogi, I would say that what we're okay. practicing mostly in right. the West here is not true yoga, not yoga for fitness, but yoga for spiritual oneness. Yeah. And then the third piece obviously was the belly dance. And that was the dance part that really connected me back to that feminine sensuality and loving my body as this vessel of, um, you know, transformation and, and alchemical, um, alchemical realization and and spirituality so those three things came together to create belly fit and i quickly realized that there were many other women that would benefit from this as well yeah i think that's truly powerful and and i love that you took elements of different areas and i think you again made this connection between all of them to see like how is this going to best fit me and in that reflection and, and evolution you recognized obviously this is going to impact so many more people which it has, like I'm saying, I, you know, I used to teach belly fit and, um, I remember just teaching the women that I taught how connected they felt in a simple hour class of, of like you're saying all the combination of the things you just said and how it really impacts not only their physical well-being but their emotional state and how they can take lessons from these things and carry it through their lives. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's why we call it holistic fitness, right? Yeah, come, you're going to sweat, you're going to get a physical workout, your muscles are going to work, you're going to feel them the next day, you're going to get a cardiovascular workout, you're going to get stretched, stretched out, increased your range of motion, all of these beautiful physical things. But we know, and you know this, Alexa, that if we only focus on that, then bad things happen. <laughs> so yeah, we need to acknowledge that we are emotional beings, mental beings, and spiritual beings. And that's been a really interesting path to navigate because our spirituality is so personal. And so we've had to really navigate this whole narrative around what does it mean to connect with spirit through our bodies, through the dance, through the connection, through the breath. And, and I've drawn a lot from yoga, but also over the years really evolved that perspective to, um, to just be whatever, whatever it needs to be in the moment. And it's yeah, deeply fulfilling. And I think especially in these times that we're in now, so many women are waking up and realizing, wow, like no matter how skinny I get or how fat I get or how fit I am or how unfit I am or whatever, you know, how I feel emotionally, mm. mentally, spiritually is just as important as physically. And in fact, when I focus on those other aspects, oftentimes the physical being will naturally gravitate towards its optimal well-being you will right. eat foods that are good for you naturally you will move in a way that is good for you naturally and so it it really we've put these things in silos and when we bring them together i think that's when we have the greatest potential for for our, our greatest health really yeah i think that's really true and i think so many women will resonate with this message that you just stated because i'm sure you can relate to this but i've had so many women like i come from a fitness background where again, I thought the message was, if I changed my body, I would love myself more. And, and, and we both know that that's not true. Um, and I think I'm sure you've had tons of women come to you. Will it, will I lose 20 pounds if I do this? Or, you know, that continuous message of like, I know if I lose 10 pounds, I will love myself more. Um, and I'm curious when you have women come to you with that sort of, I mean, societal message really is what it comes down to. Um, how do you approach that situation and how do you evoke or I guess influence lessons on them? Yeah. 
You know, that's a really interesting question. And it used to be like that a lot more in the early days because of the mm-hmm. name of the business, Belly Fit. True. People think, you know, I'm going to come and get a fit belly. Fair. I, like, that makes yeah, sense. I didn't even and think about it until now. <laughs> and we actually, in the earlier days, about midway through, so we've been in business for 15 years now. So about seven years ago, we actually contemplated changing the name to something else because belly fit can be misleading and Mm. people think is it is it for pregnant women or you know like there's been a lot of we've had to sort of explain over the years what it is and we did six months of of um focus groups and brainstorming with my team and and thought about what can we name this what can we rebrand and rename this movement that will speak more to what it is and honestly after six months we were no closer to a new name and we just decided to stick with belly because we committed to actually reclaiming this word as a positive thing for women Mm. and it's been really challenging because our messaging is so different than what women see in the mainstream. And so in the early days, we did have women coming to our classes and to our training programs, you know, asking about losing weight and this and that. And we, you know, we would always say, well, it is possible that you will lose some weight. We are not guaranteeing that. And this is not our focus. Our focus is that you actually return to your body, engage in a positive conversation with your body and go from there. And every woman's journey is different, right? Now our messaging has become more clear. And so we have very few women actually attracted to belly fit that are looking for just that. Ah, yeah they recognize that we're offering something different through our copy and our website and our languaging and our videos and our images that we choose to use and what we share on social media it's i think it's very clear to most potential customers that what we're offering is a spiritually infused experience and so it's not going to be you know get that bikini body you're never going to hear that in a in a belly class Never. Does, that, does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, I think that answers your question. I think, and it, and I didn't really think about the word belly fit or the name belly fit until that it would have, I guess just that I'd never really thought of it as that, you know, never when I did my training or anything. Um, but I, it totally makes sense as to why you would in your early stages of business, when you're not established, people would understand or think that perhaps is your message. And then getting to the point where you are obviously 15 years, I can't believe it's been 15 years, um, where obviously, you know, people know that's not what this is. And I think that's so powerful. And again, I'm sure it's just a healing, healing process for so many women that start belly foot. Um, and, and even if they came, I'm sure for, to be fit or to, you know, to change their body composition, whatever it is, I'm sure in that journey, they've learned so much about what body movement really should be about. And, and I'm sure that I come from a fitness background where it's like, I used to use body movement to shrink my body to punish myself you know for the things that I ate or whatever it was and now there's so much more to body movement there's so much more to and I think it can be truly healing and spirituality or um, spiritual to move your body in so many ways if we give it the chance and the capacity to do that yeah exactly and like I said before it is different for every woman and you know when you say like to shrink your body, to punish your body. Those are powerful. That's a powerful acknowledgement. And Mm. there's so much subconscious programming, as we know, um, that it's really, it takes a very aware 
present conscious woman to admit or to acknowledge or to even realize what is motivating her to do what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And I think when a lot of women come to belly fit, they could have been motivated. Many will be motivated to come to, as you say, shrink your body, change your body. And we're okay with that being their initial motivation, right? If that's what gets you through the door, that's, that's great. But women are so smart these days. Mm -hmm. We're so aware that we quickly realize that when you come to a belly class, so many women are like, Oh, Oh, I get it. Oh my God. Okay. Amazing. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to work my body and have an amazing workout, but I'm also going to feel this connection to something that I have been craving to connect with for so long. And many women will come to belly fit and say, Oh, okay, this is not for me. I need my TRX. I need my boot camp. I need my running 10 K. I need my my spin co and my whatever, you know, and that's amazing. Like to realize that you're, this is not for you. That's awesome. And they might have a spiritual experience running their 10 K or lifting 50 or however many pounds in a CrossFit. Like it's just about finding what is for you. And I think with women that are, that resonate with belly fit, they're looking for a sense of joy Mm -hmm. and that's what the dance gives us, right? Like I see your TikTok and videos and all your reels and everything you do. And like, I just have like a huge smile when I see what you're doing because you're tapped into this joy and this fun and this kind of like, yes, the messages that we're saying can be really triggering. And there's definitely a lot to unpack when you start talking about the trauma that women are holding in their bodies. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we need to stay we need to stay in a place of gratitude and joy and not stay, but return to that as much as possible as we're processing and moving things through. Right. Because there is always something to be grateful for. So there will always be an element of joy and fun and celebration in a belly fit class because of that dance element. And then of course, as you know, Alexa, former instructor, the (laughs) second half is all right, let's roll out our mats. Let's take our shoes off down to the floor, do that deep core work. You're going to feel your booty the next day. You're going to feel your abs. And then you're going to get a beautiful 10 minute stretch meditation at the end. So I think that fusion um, of elements is also really appealing to a lot of women. It's Mm -hmm. like, let's pack this, you know, full workout into 60 minutes. And it really does. It delivers basically. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the thing is it's been 15 years. It's been, I don't know how long since I've taught and the messaging is still the same. It's consistent. The format is consistent. And I mean, the music changes and the, the vibes of the, of the classes changed, but I love the consistency because it's founded. And from day one, like, I mean, we can go on and on about this forever, but I think, you know, it works is what I'm trying to say and why mess with something. And I think that's so powerful not only as a woman yourself, who's clearly connected to your message and understands what needs to be delivered, but also as an entrepreneur that recognizes, because I feel like so many people as entrepreneurs, like, well, what's next? Well, this did it. And not that that's not a bad thing, but when you have something that's working and connecting with people, why shift away from that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And it's true. Our messaging and our format has stayed the same since the beginning. Exactly. Like you said, for women that are looking for what we are offering, it mm-hmm. works. Our unique value, value proposition has not changed since the very beginning. And um, I love that. Like, why why change it if it's 
if it ain't broke, then why fix it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think that's so true. Okay. I want to switch gears and I want to talk about motherhood with you for a bit. Are you open to that? Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So how old is your daughter again? Shalom is 20. Shalom. 20, right? Sweet 20. Uh, The world is just beginning. I know it's so, it's yeah, the world's just beginning and she's, I mean, 18, 19, 20 in a global pandemic living in Vancouver, you know, it's like, it's intense and, and she's rolling with it and she, it is my greatest joy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And so, um, she's 20, I believe like I've seen her on social media, you know, she's moved out on her own and, and she's living this life as a, as an adult. And I think it's so beautiful. And she is, it's just, a, I just feel her vibes through the internet of just like, you are a cool, cool human being. And I want to vibe that out. But I think that, you know, if you were to think yourself as, a, as motherhood sounds like, you know, you had some complexities with her father. She now has Rowan in her life. And, you know, there's a whole different world around her from when she was young. If you were to think about that journey of motherhood, you know, through all those complexities, what would you say to that younger version of yourself who was a young mom with going through all they were going through? Oh my gosh, that's a really big question. <laughs> um, I think... I think I would say maybe to not take things quite so seriously. I, as I'm aging, I mean, I turned 48 this year and like, that's two years away from 50. And I don't feel like when I was, you know, when you're younger and you think about 50, you're like, that's old. Yeah. <laughs> I do not feel old at all. I love and that. I feel like my daughter is keeping me young. My husband, who's eight years younger than me, is also <laughs> keeping me young. <laughs> and I mean, there's just, I think, try and relax more and trust. The huge mm-hmm. message that's been coming through, especially in this whole pandemic situation, is really just trust that, you know, Gabby Bernstein said it, like the universe has your back. And I know that that is a very privileged thing to be able to sit with and, and be you know, just trust everything's going to work out. And I'm not like a love and light kind of person. I really am grounded in the reality of the struggle of the world. And also I am, I noticed that what you focus on will become magnified. And so I stay tuned in to the suffering of the world. I stay tuned in to the struggles that people are having. I am well aware of what's going on in the world. And also I know that the healthier, the happier, the stronger I am, the more service I can be to that, especially in my role. I mean, I just taught my regular weekly class on Zoom. I don't even know how many people were. There was so many screens, like I couldn't even see women from all over the world. So if I'm gonna serve these women that are coming to me for this guidance, that I, you know, humbly bow to, I need to care for this vessel. And as an empath and a very sensitive person, if I stay focused on the negativity, um, then I will, I will break down. I will get sick. I will get stressed out. So I stay tuned into that. And then I retune and realign my vibration to what I want to see in the world. So if I don't like what I'm seeing, then what do I want to see? And then shift that. And that's why we moved to the country a year ago. We bought this beautiful home in Nanus Bay and on Vancouver Island. I'm surrounded by nature, which is my best new move. Yes. Yeah. So we're not in the city anymore. I mean, you can see out my, well, yeah. you can't see, but like, I, I'm literally in the middle of a forest. I could throw a stone and, and hit our little private beach. Like it's, it's wow. very, very beautiful. And we intentionally 
chose this because to me nature is the only thing right now that seems to be offering 100% pure truth. <laughs> it's just the only thing that I can look I at think so. Yep, that is undeniably perfect. And I'm just going to roll with that. So if I was to look at my younger self and through the parenting journey, I would say just like, relax and trust. And I know that in that I am going to be a better mother. And mm -hmm. my daughter is going to feel safe. The more safe I feel, the more safe she's going to feel. Happier, oh, yes. happier she's going to be, right? Like that's, we 100%. know that, so... Yeah. And I think that's so lovely. And I feel like we should do an episode with Shalom. Is that right? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, I I love to talk to her for sure. I feel like we should do an episode with her. You know, I think that, you know, as parents, I really think that, I mean, every parent is dealing with something. They're trying to learn who they are as an individual. Right. And so it's a, it's a big task to be a parent, but it's a, it's a true honor to be able to guide another human being through this thing we call life. And I think the message I'm hearing, and I totally vibe with the same message of, yeah, I get that there's stuff going on. I get that the world is in this very moment of really intense place to exist in. But at the same time, like you're saying, if I don't take care of me, I can't take care of my, the people I care about. And I can't take care of and, and share that vibe into the world, you know? And I think that's so true. And I, I don't want this to be like any sort of toxic positive positivity, but I do believe in the same message of whether like my best friend, she is like, she's a clinician, but she is like, I'll say that everything happens for a reason, you know? And she's like, well, what about sex trafficking? I feel like I've said this to a few people and I'm like, okay, you have a point at the same time in my own personal life, that is a message that's got me through some things and it's helped me, like you're saying, reconnect and stay connected to who I am. And so I can do me and be me and live my life, you know? And so I think that's so true. And I think from a parenting perspective, if you vibe that way, then you're able to be present for your child, mm -hmm. which is going to be a service for your kid. Exactly. And these days with technology and social media, I mean, her, the influence that TikTok and Instagram mm -hmm. have on her life is every day I have to just breathe it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and try and for me to try and be still be the primary influence in her life even though she doesn't even live with me anymore and you know if I was 20 and social media existed Ooh. oh I'd probably need therapy like I would be totally. like I would need to be taken away to the forest and like rip that thing out of my hand. I would be like a heroin addict. Like it would be, I know that because if I didn't have the awareness that I have around it right now, I would be addicted. I mean, I am, we're all addicted, but right. We're all yeah. right. But when I see her, she's so smart. And, but I know that, you know, a lot of kids, their parents are hustling to make mm. things work and they're busy and they're distracted. And I, you know, I just wish I could pick every one of those parents up and just be like, it's going to be okay. You know, but a lot of children are, are kind of raising themselves with social media as their primary influence. And it's, we're going to see how this impacts humanity in the next few years. Oof, I know yeah. it's true. And especially like you're saying through this pandemic where isolation has been more prevalent, prevalent and use of social media has increased yeah, yeah. and they they're yeah. saying especially teen girls are really the ones that are 
getting hit the hardest. I mean, if you talk about boys and the video games and the pornography and like all of that, mm -hmm. that just, I look at that and it's just this big, like, ah, uh, oh my gosh, what are we going to do about that? And then the girls. And so for us as parents and women modeling behavior for our children, you know, as much as possible modeling this self-love and, and self-care and whatever that looks like for us, you know, obviously it's right. different for each person, but, and it is not easy. I mean, we, uh -huh. You know, we you've been in the darkness. I've been in the darkness, and it will continue. It'll happen again. We know what that is, and just mm -hmm. keep rolling with the punches. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And I think, yeah, it's like I'm saying, it's a tough job. Being a parent is a tough job, especially in this day and age. And I'm not dismissing parents from you know our parents' generation. I'm just saying that I, it's so complex right now with social media and the influences that you have. I don't want to say no control over because you could, you know saying you never get to watch a screen, but I feel like you would be doing a disservice to them as well. Exactly. Right? Their future in involves technology. And mm -hmm. I think they need to just, it's not cutting it out. It's about learning a positive relationship to us, to it. And again, us modeling that, you know, and then that circles back to the entrepreneur thing, because mm. part of what saved me through building a business for her entire life, basically, when I started yeah. Belly, she was, you know, three. Um, and so I think really, from the very beginning, I've prioritized my parenting of her that has always prioritized over my business. And I, I feel very grateful that I had the luxury to do that. Yeah. And then prioritizing my relationship with my husband. Yeah. And as you know, we've run this business together. He doesn't run it anymore. He now just supports with tech and music, but I'm running it alone with my team and my assistant and my master trainers and everything. Um, but prioritizing my relationship with my man has been mm. absolutely essential because that's the, to me, that's the core. And, you know, I can't speak to anyone that is sing single or, you know, whatever kind of relationship they're in. Mm. Um, but for me, it's as much a partnership as it is a marriage. And he mm -hmm. is my rock. He is my greatest supporter. And I mean, I could cry just thinking about it. Like he is uh -huh. in any time that I saw that relationship being affected by belly fit, I would do my best to remedy that and to give us the time to do the work that we, and it's been rocky. Like it's been a rocky, yeah. road, but we're still here. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And I would encourage any woman to really just get clear on your priorities, you know, what mm. matters to you. And I think that's been one of the greatest gifts of this pandemic is that we're all yes. sort of going, what actually really matters to me right now? And obviously health is becoming number one for so many women yep. and their families. And I think that's really beautiful because to me, you know, um, I am writing a book right now that yeah. is that's drawing from my experience as an entrepreneur, but also what is one of my other greatest passions, which is the homemaking piece. And to yeah. me, that's where the, that's where the refueling and the regeneration happens for us to then do all the other creative projects that we want, whether it is running a business or being a mom or not being a mom or whatever it is that you, that you choose to do in your life. If your home life is not stable and inspiring and nourishing and enriching, um, 
then everything else is going to suffer from that. And I think that's one of the greatest lessons that really honoring the feminine gave me is that when you start to look at the feminine, you see the body as a temple of the feminine, the home by extension of that becomes this beautiful sacred temple. And I know you know this, I've seen your beautiful photos of your space and how much you care for it. If you care for your space, it will care for you. Mm -hmm. And when you wake up in the morning, you will feel revitalized and nourished. If you're living in chaos, squalor, if it's messy and dirty, and of course, no judgment, but I would say, like, if you look around your environment and you see a lot of clutter and it's not oh. dirty or it's not clean and, you know, I would say, like, look at your priorities because you're missing an opportunity there to really, it's self-care of a whole other level. And anyone living in your same space, whether it's children or a partner, um, bring them on board with that and say, like, this is our sacred space and we wow. get to this is our special domain. I see myself as the queen of my domain and I am the queen of my home and everybody in my home <laughs> acknowledges that. And it gives me great strength and great power to then go out into the world and do the work I need to do. And it's an absolutely essential piece. Oh, I really love that. I mean, I, when you're speaking, but I can connect to, I do take pride in my environment and there are times where it's a bit cluttery or, I mean, family happens, you know, things happen and it gives me anxiety. Like I get anxiety and like, and I know that when I clear this space, I will feel much better. Yes. And so you, you make us, I totally get what you're saying, but the fact that you're like the word sacred, I've never really thought about it, but it's so true. You know, if you just thought of your space as not this duty or this, yes. this thing that has to be done, but it's like, this is my sacred space, just like your body, right? It's a vessel that you live in. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And if you think of it as, I think you brought it up exactly, duty. So many women see the home realm as a duty. I got to pick the dirty socks up off the floor. I've got to do the dishes again. I got to vacuum. I got to scrub that freaking toilet. Like, ooh, you know? And yes, you can choose to see it like that, but guess what? It's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. you, those, those actions, those activities are going to keep happening until you until you're done in this body we need to care for our environment right so i've changed my whole perspective on it now you know my husband and i have a very clear um divide of roles within the home and they're they're traditional in some ways and completely untraditional in other ways and I see it as a service to my family. And I know that that's hard for a lot of women, especially if you're tired, if you have multiple children. And I'm not saying your every room should be freaking Instagram worthy like all the time. No, it's not about that at all. It's exactly what you said, honoring this space as as your sacred realm. And it can actually be fun. I put a podcast on every time I'm cleaning. I have certain days that I do certain things. I'm actually writing an ebook called The Yoga of Housework because wow. I the way you actually move through your day, through your home, are you bending at the knees? Are you bending at the hips? Are you going to put your back out when you're 65 and you're lifting that load of laundry? doesn't have to be that way. So my oh. fitness it, training has now infused into my homemaking because the housework can be exhausting and hard. <laughs> you're lifting heavy things, you're bending down, you're reaching in weird places. And if you can learn to do that in alignment, it becomes a practice. It becomes a mm. sacred practice and offering to your family and your space. And I think that makes it even more nourishing and, and rewarding. How can housework be nourishing? I don't know, but I, I want it to be rewarding for everyone. 
I think that's lovely. And I think some women, I mean, some of my clients will say like, I love cleaning. It's my therapy. I'm like, okay, you know, and I think it goes to speak, you know, if you're in a partnership or whatever sort of relationship you're in, I think too, like you're saying, you know, there needs to be a divide of like, let's speak to those women who are literally doing everything, you know, carrying their family. And like, that is not what this should be about in my opinion. And I can see you agreeing with me. Of course. Yeah. That's absolutely not what I'm saying here. This is a co- creation of whatever's going on in the home like that division of labor is so important get your kids involved and Mm -hmm. i know where my limit is i was telling my husband the other day actually it was supposed to be sunday morning i was going to clean and sunday afternoon was going to be my time i was going to do some writing i was going to sit on the couch with my tea and just be in that space and when i realized what was happening i looked at the clock and i was like no i'm going to be cleaning to get everything i need to do like you were saying to get that anxiety to reduce I am going to be cleaning all day. And that's when I went into the resentment. That's when I went into the Uh, stress. That's when I was like, screw this. Like I need help. Where is he? You know? And then I went into that narrative and then I was like, you know what? I set myself up for this. If I want support, I need to ask for it earlier. And I should have stopped and planned to do the rest the next day or, you know, whatever. It's just when we, yeah, it's, it's a whole switch of perspective and it takes time and it takes, it takes asking for help as well. And knowing maybe you hate doing the bathroom. Maybe that's what somebody else needs to do. Maybe you like, for me, I hate mopping, absolutely despise the mopping. And so usually the mopping, well, let's be real. It just doesn't get done a lot. And if it does, I'm probably going to ask somebody else to do it. So knowing what, is kind of fun. Like you said, some of your clients will say, I love cleaning. Yeah. You, they probably love cleaning for maybe two hours, maybe three clean all day. Maybe not so fun anymore. Right. So we need to know where our limit is. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I think it's like, even myself, I have treated myself and I feel privileged that I get to, I have a cleaning person who comes in once a month to do the things that I don't want to do, you know, and I, and my partner and I are very divided. He's all about, he does the laundry and I, you know, there's things that we both do because we play off each other's strengths. You know, these are my strengths. He's not good at organizing. You know, he's good at like doing a dish, doing, doing a dish, doing the dishes or something, but it's organizing and keeping it in that sacred space that I don't expect him to understand. You know, I think that's another thing is sometimes we can place our standards onto other people. So if I have a standard of having a space that is calm and and peaceful and organized i i can't really place that on someone else i can maybe try and influence my family of course i definitely have my kid involved in responsibility because it's your family and it's your environment but at the same time i don't like to push my my standards onto someone else no absolutely and and exactly like you said like my husband has very different standards around orderliness and cleanliness and sacredness and but he sure appreciates it and he loves living in the environment that i just naturally create with the aromatherapy and the candles <laughs> and the altars and the pretty things and the flowers and all the you know he really appreciates it and he tells me often and i'm so grateful for that because i am doing it in service to our relationship as well and yeah. so he yeah he loves that and absolutely we all have different standards and maybe having your house in you know a bit of chaos and mess maybe that doesn't cause people anxiety and this won't resonate and that's totally true that's totally fine too that's true yeah and i i do yeah it's interesting we could go on i'm sure about that forever as well mm-hmm. um so i feel like you know i'm curious like what I think we haven't really talked about authenticity, but I always like to ask women when I have them on here is like, you know, 
what has your journey of authenticity been? I mean, you're in, you're 48 now. And I think to me, I love getting older because it's like this new sense of wisdom every other day I'm on this planet. So I'm really interested to hear from you, you know, now that you're 48, what has this life been like in regards to like connecting with your most authentic self? Mm. I think I realized very early in my belly fit days that my most authentic self is changing all the time. Mm. Um, but when I am in communion with women, either one-on-one -on -one or in groups, which is what belly fit until this lovely pandemic um, had yeah. brought me into, I was in groups of women all the time, whether it was teaching belly fit or attending retreats or facilitating at retreats or women's circles, whatever, whether it was business or healing or spirituality or, you know, all of these, all of these things that I've been dabbling in that my, there's a part of me that comes forward when I'm relating to women that feels the most authentic to me. And it's in that, in that relationship with other women that I feel like that part of me gets to express and expand and explore and feel witnessed and, um, you know, really encouraged in a way. And I feel like I have a natural knack of doing that with other women as well. So when women are in my presence, whether it's in my belly fit work or my Miss Alice upcoming work, um, that there's, I'm very unfiltered in a lot of ways. And when I'm in their presence, I feel comfortable in the presence of women, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so that a part of me comes forward that is really safe and comfortable and authentic. And I'm super grateful for that. And I think that's partly why I created belly fit because I was craving that I wanted that authentic relating with other women. And I think by nature, women thrive in groups like that, that mm -hmm. since the dawn of time, we have found safety in these groups. And, um, I think we're really missing that these days. Yeah. Yeah. I also find interesting how I have a lot of clients who I think based off of trauma, but they have a hard time connecting with other women because they feel like their sense of like comparison or, or, you know, all these things. And so it's interesting and, and truly refreshing to hear the perspective of, and I totally agree of like the power that you can feel when you're with other women and that connection and that, and that, I guess, connection to your authentic self. So those women who are out there, you know, maybe not trusting their own intuition or not trusting this connection that I really do think women need, what would you say to them? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question, Alexa. Honestly, like it makes, I can feel my heart like, like really, mm -hmm. oh, I think you're right that it is, there is trauma there. And I think we all have it, myself mm. included, that there is a, there's something there that is preventing us from showing up in those spaces. Mm -hmm. And I would say that if you're a woman that feels hesitation around connecting with other women, around putting yourself in spaces where women are gathering either in small groups or larger groups or one-on-one, -on -one, whatever it is, um, that even if you have the tiniest little pull to, to be, to go there, to, to, to go in that direction, I would say, look at that and go, okay, okay. Hold on to that feeling and let that pull you into those spaces. And mm -hmm. not all spaces of women are created 
equally. Right. This is the thing. I think like you identified it already. There is an element of competition between women that I also think is natural. Mm -hmm. I think it is actually natural for us to be competitive and to be together. So there's a bit of a paradox happening there. And it's almost, it's like anything with practice you get more comfortable with it. And I still find myself a bit nervous if I'm invited to a gathering of women that I don't know. Right. Um, one woman is inviting me to go to a, you know, an event of any kind with women, whether it's small or large. And this is pre-pandemic and now we're starting to gather again. I yeah. get a little bit nervous. I get a little bit like, ooh, what's gonna, are, are they gonna be judging me? Am I gonna be judging them? Well, yes and yes, we are all gonna judge each other. And guess what? We'll move past that. Yeah. And then you'll find one woman in the group or two women in the group that you'll really resonate with. You'll have these amazing conversations and the oxytocin will start flowing before you know it. You're going to feel like you're high because <laughs> all these happy hormones are rushing through your body and you get to make it what you want it to be. And, and I think being authentic in those spaces, and if you're nervous, that's okay. Yeah. Or if, if you decide you don't want to go, that's okay too. Right. But I think you're absolutely right that to a certain degree, women do need to be with other women. And I'm not saying this because I've built a whole business around bringing <laughs> <laughs> a little plug for belly fit there yeah uh, but that's the beautiful thing about belly fit is that you can actually show up and not say a word to anybody if you want you can right. stay in the back the music comes on there's no eye gazing there's no you don't have to interact with anyone if you don't want you just get to be in that vibe of women only space mm -hmm. and i think that is a really important thing that being in a space that's only women, a lot of women in our culture, specifically in other cultures, this is much different. There are many women only spaces in other cultures, and we could talk about that for a long time. But in our culture, we are not necessarily encouraged to gather as women only. There's a lot of, um, it's a very strong narrative around non-exclusion these days. So we come up against that. And I would encourage women to really you know, if you have the opportunity to be in a woman only space, check mm -hmm. it out, step outside your comfort zone just for a moment and see. And if it doesn't feel good for you that one time, try again, because right. different spaces have different vibes. And there might be one space that's woman only that you're like, no, that didn't feel comfortable. I didn't like the conversation. It went this way or it went, or there was one woman or what, you know, it just doesn't resonate and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And there may be another space that you're like, wow, you come away from that feeling more nourished, more heard, more seen, more supported than you have in a really long time. I think that's excellent. I think that's a, like a great way to see it is like, like you're saying, everyone's going to show up differently. Every situation is going to be differently. But at the end of the day, don't resist it to the point where you're isolating yourself because yeah, there are, there are spaces where it's not going to feel safe for you, but there are spaces like you're saying they're going to be right for you. And I think that's really powerful is, is really just trying and, and putting yourself out there. Cause yeah, everyone gets anxiety around new situations. That's how the human brain works. And, you know, judgment is part of the human brain as well. Like that is part of how we maneuver through life. And I think sometimes we can put a bad rap on that, but when you're connected to the right women, you're able to move past it and evolve through that. I think that's great. Yeah. So true. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So I think let's like end it here. I think that's a beautiful message to leave women with, because I know I get that question a lot around, I don't trust women and all those things. So I am curious, you know, where can people find you? What do you want to tell people to, to sum all this stuff up? 
um, yeah, well, Belly Fit um, International on Facebook or The Belly Fit Life on Instagram. Those are two great places to connect. Obviously, bellyfit.com is our website. And that's sort of the, the corporate belly fit entity. And we have we have hundreds of instructors all over the world now that are teaching belly fit. So, I mean, if you, you can look in your local area, um, a lot of our teachers are teaching online now. So we're training new instructors all the time. And um, yeah, it's just a blossoming, beautiful community. So that's rolling along. And then me personally, Miss Alice, Miss Alice B on Instagram, if you want to see photos of flowers and baking and homemaking. <laughs> <laughs> all the fun things it's kind of like the yin and the yang of my of my whole life is like you know the belly fit outward kind of entrepreneurial action let's go let's do this let's like, reach the That's goal true. do all the things and then the homemaking is very yin very soft very feminine very beautiful very inward um and i find yeah i find great pleasure in those two polarities so people can find me in both those places Awesome. And I'll definitely put the handles in the, in the description as well. Cause I think you definitely have to check out this woman and what she is going on in the world about, you know, I think it's just her messaging. And I, obviously you've had an impact on me that I am here a decade later reconnecting with you, you know, so just keep being yourself and keep sending your vibes and your love and, and, and power and connection into the world because you're just doing incredible things. Yay. Thank you, Alexa. So fun to talk with you. Yeah. You as well. Hello, lovely human, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Authentically You. It truly, it means a lot to have you here listening, and I hope you really took something away from this episode. If you are ever looking for more, check me out on Instagram. I am posting inspirational stuff there all the time, and if you ever want to dig deeper, please reach out to me as well, and let's have a chat about you doing some deeper one-on-one healing, because let me tell you, that is when the true magic happens.